Hey everyone, Wilson Cochran here, one of the pastors of Vineyard Northwest. These are amazing messages we have from Leif Hetland. Leif is the founder of Global Missions Awareness and is a real apostolic missionary all over the world. He uh, spoke at our church in August and actually gave two different messages. So please check out both of these podcasts. I know it is going to bless you. Have a great week. Can we just give Jesus a good hand? Thank you. I thought by just uh, starting by getting you to wave to me and smile. <laughs> Let me just look at all of you beautiful people. As you're getting used to my southern accent. <clears throat> I was in Mississippi last weekend in a small little uh, community. And, and I, I could see somebody. Well, it took a little while. Uh, and I was at a Methodist church in Flora, Mississippi last Sunday. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And even in a, in a little Methodist church, there seven people gave their life to Jesus last time. And I just... Uh, <laughs> But part of what I, I was making sure that they knew I was a real Southerner. And uh, that was one of my big assignments. And uh, they kind of looked at me a little strange. But finally, I proved to them I'm from the southwest part of Norway. So, uh, <clears throat> but I do live in Atlanta. And uh, one of the pictures on the video, there was this lady praying for me and three other ones. And then my wife was there and my daughters. Uh, I have been happily married to Jennifer for 30 years. So, uh, so here you have a Norwegian, Norwegian Viking. We are married to a Cherokee Indian. And then uh, we have a daughter who's married to an African-American. So hopefully we're going to have chocolate grandbabies in the future. So that's my dream. And I, I just, I love family. And actually, my daughter, the youngest, she just got home last night while I arrived here. So this evening, when I land in Atlanta, I get to see my little girl. And she's going to join YWAM in about a month. So she's going to be away. So we're going to be empty nesters, which is a very new role for me and my wife. And, uh, but one of the things that, even as I'm looking at a video, I was just leaning my heart towards a pastor. And I said that uh, this video actually came because in year two, 2000, I was asking my spiritual father, uh, his name is Jack Taylor. I say, Papa Jack, what does the kingdom look like? And if you know Jack Taylor, he is a spiritual father to Randy Clark and many people. He just turned 86 years old. And I just talked to him on my way here. He travels around the world still at the age of 86. But he has kind of dedicated his life to the kingdom. And he just always talks about the kingdom. He wrote a phenomenal book called Cosmic Initiative about the kingdom. So here at the age of 86, but at that time period, 19 years ago, we were walking there in Melbourne, Florida. I said, what does the kingdom look like? And he said, son, I do not know. But all I know, it will only be entrusted through family. And that was kind of where, and something just hit me. And the next question is, Papa, what does family look like? How is the family in heaven? And how does that look like when that family becomes the family of families on earth? Because God started out. As a family, God is a father, God is a son, and God is a Holy Spirit. They had this brilliant idea. Let us 
Father, Son, Spirit. Let us make man in our image. Let's create on earth what we have in heaven. Let's create a family that honors the way we honor, that loves the way that we love, that are one the way that we are one. If, you, if I took every one of you on a time machine back to eternity past, and you met the Father, you met the Son, and you met the Holy Spirit. If you ask the Father, who is the most important? Is it the Father, Son, and Spirit? You would see that the Father would points to the Son. The Son points to the Spirit. The Spirit points to the Son. The Son points to the Father. It's called the culture of honor. And honor is what love looks like. And the next move of God's Spirit in America is not going to be a youth revival. It's going to be a family revival. So I want you to know youth is going to be affected, but it's a generational move. God is moving, and we're seeing that in a very unprecedented way. And we are seeing that now that God is restoring his family. God does not want, because we, I remember very clearly, I was speaking at an event called The Voice of the Apostle in Nashville. And I was the last speaker, and then I just felt in my heart, because I couldn't sleep the night before. And I heard Papa God say, Leif, I don't want a billion orphans because we are talking about a one billion soul harvest. But he says, I don't want a billion orphans. I want a billion sons and daughters. And so the Father is looking. Many times we've been looking for the fire, but God is building fireplaces. (laughs) And and where there is healthy fireplaces, God is entrusting him with a fire. And then he sends the wind and it starts to spark fire into other healthy, healthy family places. And that's why I love being with family. And so when Aaron Simmons, who is a spiritual son, told me about you and started to brag about you, he is a pastor in Tip City. And we had dinner last night. So he was just describing, he said, hey, you need to, you need to meet them. Because they said they have, a, they have a father and mother that is becoming a grandma and grandpa. And then they have sons and daughters. And this is just an amazing family. And there's something in me that just becomes alive when I get to be around family. Because when you are in family, you don't compete with one another. You complete one another. And when I get to, I don't have to perform when you are with family. You find your place at the family table. And then you just start to honor. And and when I'm looking around in this room and I'm looking at the different generations, seeing just was a little child worshiping by the side of me. And so here you're seeing the generations are coming together. You have father, son, spirit. Then you will see cities and nation. You have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. When you have three generation in alignment, then you started to see this kingdom explosion. So for 19 years, that's pretty much has been my dedication. I've had the honor of travel to about 100 countries. Uh, I leave this place and I go to Nigeria on Friday. And then we're going to be in several places in Nigeria. And then I'm heading up into the northern part of Nigeria where these girls was kidnapped by Boko Haram. So we are right in some of the radical Muslim territory. So if you can remember me in prayer, uh, that's next week. But for the next about three weeks, we're going to be over there. And I've spent a lot of my time, as I say, raising up healthy kingdom family. And right now in about 22 countries, we have a culture that is actually changing the culture because it is a family culture. And we are learning to practice the language of love. And the language of love is the language that the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. So I'm just saying that as I'm setting up the stage, uh, I have these three chairs with me today. And uh, it's kind of a, uh, I would call it a foundation message. Because when, after Dr. Randy Clark, June 6, 1995, I was a Baptist pastor. 
I know that's a surprise. First being a Norwegian and then being Baptist. That's kind of a... But I was a Baptist pastor. And uh, during 94 and 95, there was a move of God's Spirit. And uh, eventually for me, I remember we had a couple of older people. One of them was a very precious man that supported me. He prayed for me. He was one of our deacons, but he got cancer. And there was this ache in my heart because... I prayed and I prayed and I believed as much as I could believe. And then in the next moment when Amar died, I had my first funeral. And it just broke my heart. So what happened is I lowered my expectancy level. Because if I didn't expect much from God, I didn't have to live with disappointments. But what also happened is over a period of time, I started to see less and less. So this led up to June 6, 1995, when Randy Clark was coming to Norway. And a group of us leaders met with him first. And he was just sharing his story and just his humility and vulnerability. That he didn't just talk about his successes and breakthroughs. But he talked about some of his struggles and some of the winter season in life. And for me, I could just identify with that and... Then he says, if anyone of you are hungry for more, come up. And a small group of us, we came up. And there was the Lutheran pastor, and there was the Methodist, and there was the Assembly of God, and different ones were standing on the line. And Randy, with his hand, was just going down the line, said, touch him, bless him, fill him. And each person ended up on the floor. And I was like, this is kind of unusual. <laughs> but it coming closer towards me, but my desperation level was greater than my fear level. And then when he came to me and says, you are a bulldozer. And I'm thinking, no, I'm a Baptist pastor. <laughs> but he said, I see you as a bulldozer. It's like you're going into the Amazon jungle, like where there's just darkness and, and you're making a way where there is no way. I see you as a bulldozer. And then in the next moment, I experienced the power. It was electricity and fire. I ended up on the floor, electricity, fire. And I was started to burn. And uh, this wouldn't stop for over two hours. When I came up from that floor, I was totally transformed. This Baptist pastor was changed. And then healing started to break loose in our church. And six months later, I was in Pakistan for the first time in a meeting. And I remember after three days, we had 22,000 people that surrendered their life to Jesus. And watching many of these Muslim imams, their faces changing as the glory of God came in. My life was changed. But still deep on the inside, I still operated a lot from an orphan heart. I have great parents, came from a very good godly home, but some of my root system still was insecurity and inferiority. And I'm saying that as I'm setting up the framework for this message. I just took a little bit more time to unfold where this message actually came from. So I realized in a moment the dove was there and the presence was there and atmosphere changes, but I didn't have the same anointing to bring it home into my marriage. I didn't have the same revival many times in the home because when, my, when the meeting was over and then I struggled so much on the inside because if I don't do enough, then nobody else does enough. And so much of my value system is what I was doing for God because I didn't know how to live from God. So this started me on a journey towards something that led to my baptism of love experience. I'd had a baptism of water. I'd had a baptism of the Holy Spirit when Randy Clark prayed for me. But I didn't know about the baptism of love. I had read about Charles Finney and D.L. Moody and other people that described this liquid love that totally transformed them. So in a history book, I read about it, but I'd never experienced it. 
And in year 2000, through a lot of brokenness, and I've been on this journey, I'd had a broken neck, broken back, spent nine months in a body cast, a lot of surgeries, opiates. Then I got kicked out of the denomination and the church that I was part of. So by the year 2000, it was like a perfect storm. I've been sitting in a wheelchair before, and as I was sitting there, I said, I'm not able to do anything. And I used to be an achiever, somebody that was a bulldozer, had been to 50 countries, had seen a half a million people saved, but I never did enough. There was always something on the inside where I felt I had to do something. Because if I do, that's how I have, and that's how I become. Orphan heart and orphan spirit. And that goes all the way back to Lucifer when he left heaven. So that after this baptism of love and this liquid love went in and Papa God met me in year 2000, that's when this kind of a thing would have Papa Jack and, and the loves wouldn't stop. And in a small little meeting, a man named Dennis Jernigan was playing this father song over me and he was singing a father song and I met Papa God and Papa God became my father and I became his son. And I used to have a lot of ships, apostleship, leadership, stewardship, relationship, friendships, but all the ships got shipwrecked. And the only ship that survived was sonship. And I realized that was, that was the main ship of Jesus. Who do you say that I am? Of all the things describing Jesus. And this time, Simon got a father revelation. And he looks at Jesus and says, you are the Christ. That means the anointed. You are the son, son, son of the living God. Oh, Simon Bar-Jonah, chair number two name. Simon, son of Jonah, this kind of a revelation you could only got from the father. But now when you know who I am, you get to know who you are. And you're no longer going to be a Simon, you're going to be a Peter. And upon this identity, this identity of being an anointed son, anointed daughter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then I'm going to give you some keys. It is the keys of the kingdom. So that you can be involved in the loosing and binding business. But it all comes from that identity. So that was my message where the chair started. So I need your help. Because I know I'm looking at the watch. They have given me some a little extra time today. And as I just feel this incredible freedom. Because if the sun set free is. And where the spirit of the Lord is there is. Oh, wonderful. This is chair number one. Which chair is this? One more time. Chair number one. Can we try it again? This is chair number two. Which chair is this? And this is chair number three. Which chair is this? Every single one in a room. And it was part of my journey and story. I mentioned my story. I visited chair number one. And we're going to learn about that. But then I stayed in chair number two. I was looking for visitation because I didn't know how to have habitation. So the dove visited. But then I lived with pigeons the rest of the week. So when we are talking about every one of us, we live our life from one of these three perspectives. Everyone in Cincinnati or everyone in Ohio. The world has become a worldwide orphanage. And God is looking for family. 
to restore. Creation is moaning and groaning for the very manifestation. Where are the sons? Where are the daughters? That's the cry of creation right now. So even now you see what the enemy, what the enemy is doing, I just want to encourage you. Notice what the enemy is doing. Division. Why? Because God is going to restore unity in a way we've never seen it before. Why is the attack against family? Because God is restoring family. So the enemy is nervous. So if you see where the serpent is biting, I can also say where we have authority. Because where the serpent has bitten you is where you have the greatest authority. So he's trying to kill the baby boys because Moses the deliverer is coming. He's trying to kill the baby boys because Jesus a savior is coming. And he's trying to go after family, after unity, because that's going to be the move of God's spirit where Cincinnati and America is going to see who we are because the way we love one another. And he know that heaven would only be entrusted to family because God is a family. God is a father. God is a son. God is a Holy Spirit. So congratulations, you're part of this amazing move of God's spirit. If you are living your life in chair number one, it is all about the kingdom of God. Say that with me. If you live in chair two, it is the kingdom of self. Say kingdom of self. And if you live your life in chair number three, and I hope there is not many people in this room, and if you are, you can have an experience to come home to chair number one. But it's the kingdom of the world. Say kingdom of the world. If you live your life in chair number one, you are saved. Say the word saved. saved. If you live your life in chair number two, you are saved. Say saved. saved. If you live your life in chair number three, you are lost. Say lost. lost. I had a pastor that came up to me and says, I don't believe the person in chair number two can be saved. I said, that's okay. In my sermon, they are saved. In yours, they can be lost. <laughs> And then he came up afterward and says, are you saying that you cannot lose your salvation? I said, no, you can lose whatever you want to. (laughs) I am just talking about I am very secure in my father's love. But we have to define these chairs to be able before we talk that. If you're living your life in chair number one, it is the spirit-filled life. Say that with me. The Bible says those who are led by the spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. You walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. The kingdom is not about eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. And out of there is righteousness, peace, and joy that can only be found in chapter number one in the Spirit. Can you say Amen. So when you are in chair number one, the dove is there. Because when you are at rest, you become a resting place for the dove. And that's one of the things that you will find for people that are living in chair number one. I've wrote a book, and I think we have a few books out there called Call to Reign. And I deal with it because chair number one is all about identity. Say identity. And it's always focusing in who are you? So if I ask you, who are you? And you maybe say, I'm a school teacher. Yeah, that's what you do. But who are you? If I ask the question even deeper and say, who were you before the foundation of the world? Because according to Ephesians 1, 4, he says, I knew you. And I predestined you in love. Meaning you were there with the Father, with the Son, and with the Spirit in the beginning. In the beginning, you were there in perfect love. So actually, you started out in glory. 
And chair number one is all about glory management, while chair number two will always about sin management. And the biggest roots in chair two is shame and fear. The root system of chair, if you go deep into the roots, it's fear and it's shame. And it goes all the way back to Lucifer in heaven. And it is two things, insecurity and inferiority. Because if you don't see you the way Papa God sees you and don't think about you that way, the root system, so you're going to control things in chair two. And the manifestation become either rebellion, sin issue, or religion. And you will struggle with either prodigal son tendency that would take you away from the father's love. Or you're going to be out on the field working for God because you don't know how to live from God. When I'm here, I can see, I can see his face. When I'm here, I'm hearing the father's voice. When I'm here, I can feel his love. And his perfect love takes away all fear. When I'm here in a resting place with him, I'm living in my father's pleasure. He's already well pleased with me before I do anything. I have an A plus before I take the exam. Before Jesus healed any sick, before he raised any dead, before he did any healing and miracle, he was affirmed by the Father. He was anointed by the Spirit. This is my, and this is my beloved. This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. That's before he had done anything. So chair number one can be my best friend, but there's times that I slide into this chair number two. And by the way, I, I had one person that said, I've never been in chair number two. I said, deception is very deceiving. I said, let me talk to your spouse about that. <laughs> because sometimes as we've been abnormal for so long that when the normal happens, we think it is abnormal. I have one experience. Some of you are familiar with Bethel Redding. About three years ago, I was together with one of my friends, the speakers at the prophetic conference. And for the last about 18 years, they've been a very close family. And so uh, right before I was about to speak, the speaker before me, his name is Sean Bolts. Some of you maybe know Sean Bolts. He has a phenomenal gift. He is a prophet. He is a heart prophet that comes from a chair one, from a place of love. He knows who he is. But he was sharing some prophecy and details and words of knowledge. This is right after he had a major encounter. And the details of this was just like, everybody was just kind of, wow. I mean, from people's names to their addresses to what they had in their wallet to, I mean, it was like, and then I had somebody behind me that says, Leif, you're going to have to follow him. <laughs> and what I didn't realize in a moment that button was pushed and I moved in the wrong chair. And it is actually when you are in this place here, that what is happening is you start to compare to other people. And, and let me just first of all bless you to be you, chair number one. Everybody else is occupied. Let me say that one more time. I bless you to be you. Everybody else is occupied. Be an original. Copies are very cheap. Be full of you. Be what Jesus 
paid for, this beautiful divine exchange. He didn't die on the cross to make you valuable. He died on the cross because you are valuable. There's such a treasure in you that the Father saw that he was willing to pay the most and the highest price for you because he saw something of value and to restore you back again to fullness of who you are. And that's called identity. From that identity, you're moving into intimacy. And from that intimacy, you're living from inheritance instead of towards it. And then you're stepping into your destiny. Say it with me. Say identity. Identity. Intimacy. Intimacy. Inheritance. Inheritance. Destiny. Destiny. This chair is opposite. Here is what do you do? Because what we want to do is measure people or what size your church is or the budget that is now. What do you do? Because out of that, and what is available for you to do it? Then you find intimacy. Then you find your identity. Orphan wool. Orphan way of thinking. And Lucifer was the first orphan. And you can continue to have encounters here and wow, this and that. But if you do not get rewired the way you think, and renew your mind, then you're going to do is you're going to go back to the basement instead of repent. Because when you repent, you go back in the penthouse where you belong. Repent. (laughs) And you belong in the penthouse where Papa, and then you get to see things from heaven's view with the eyes of love. And so anyway, so I was stuck in this chair for a moment, but then I remembered... That's my brother, Sean. We don't compete with one another. We complete one another. And his stock just went up. And when his stock just went up, my stock just went up because this is a family business. Wow, my portfolio is looking so beautiful. So instead of thinking about what I was going to share in the next moment, how can I add value to what I honor? It's a whole different way of living and loving. And I know that happy Lehman and I... Die is good friends here of the house. And uh, one of the first time I came there, uh, about six months after I'd left, it was just such a beautiful thing because they started to use this language on the chair in staff meeting. And then they started to use it in leadership. And before they make a decision, which chair are you in right now? And then marriages became chair number one. And if you have a business, what does a kingdom business look like compared to chair two? And they started to look at every aspect from this. As they said on Christmas, he bought a picture of three chairs and he gave it to all staff. <laughs> so Happy Lehman said, Life, I just bought Christmas presents for all of our staff this year. And it was just to remind us because when you are in chair number one, the best of who you are will only be found in him. Can I say that one more time? The best of who you are will only be found in Jesus. And there's greatness that's being released. (laughs) Whoa. And then people get to see who your papa is by looking at you as beloved sons and daughters because you're made in his image and you are an image bearer. And I live my life with a simple thing. I believe everyone in America deserves to have an experience with a God just like Jesus. I believe everyone in Cincinnati need to have an experience with a God just like Jesus. I believe every Muslim, every Hindu, every Buddhist, this world, they deserve to have an experience with a God just like Jesus.
So I think that most of us, we're experiencing this, that in a moment we can be here and wow, worship is going on and we're being overwhelmed. And I want you to hear, whatever overwhelms you, shapes you. In chair number two, I'm being overwhelmed by fear. When I'm in chair number two, do you see the news and what's going on and on CNN and soon election is coming up and all you, here you're being so overwhelmed by what's going on in this world. But when you're in chair number one, you're getting so overwhelmed by love. And perfect love takes away fear. And whatever overwhelms you, shapes you. Here you are free, because whom the Son set free is free indeed. There is freedom, but then whom the sons and daughters set free, they are free indeed. Because free people sets people free. But what the enemy, all he wants to do is to learn how to push those buttons to get us away from chair one into chair two. So then we are getting overwhelmed by this world and we're being shaped by this world. And then we're being influenced by this world because we don't know how to influence the world. And then we think that there is a darkness problem in America so who is getting darker. No, there is no darkness problem, but lack of light. And it doesn't matter how dark it is there, the light in you is greater than any darkness around you. So arise and shine for your light has come. It's not coming, it has come. But all I need to do is to get you to come back home where you belong. Living your life like you have a home, not just a house. A place of belonging. Because out of belonging there is believing, and out of believing there is behaving. Could I say that one more time? Living your life from a place of belonging. Belonging. Because out of belonging, there is believing. And out of the believing, there is a behaving. Meaning that you behave differently. So here, what I behold is what I become. And what I become is what I release. So what the enemy wants to get us in here to this place and then get us into... (gasps) getting overwhelmed here, and in the next moment, we think this is the problem. But what Papa God is going to help us, even after this morning, is for you, like myself, to get a fresh baptism of love, and let that perfect love go in so that you get rooted, Ephesians 3.17, so you get rooted and grounded in love. Hey! So that you get rooted and grounded in love. So that you get rooted and grounded in love. 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 Oh, high and deep and wide and long, it's Papa God, love for me. (laughs) This is scriptures. So you get rooted, your root system and your foundation, you're rooted and grounded in love. So you get rooted and grounded in love. Then you're stepping into this ocean of love so you can experience the depths and the width and the length and the height of that love. So that fullness dwells in there, no longer measure. And then you get to Ephesians 3.20, then to whom, from chair one, to whom who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I can think and ask. It all comes from that identity. Be careful. This kind of a thinking can lead to dancing. (laughs) And you could become a joyful Christian. And maybe the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Whoa! I know I don't have a chance of going into some of the verses, but I am going to give you a couple of verses to make this meeting legal. <laughs> Let's open up to Ephesians, no, excuse me, Psalm 34. That just came to me. Psalm 34. <laughs> Whoa, I'm pretty excited. What about you? Are you okay? <laughs> That's the nice thing when you have an A-plus before you preach. <laughs> you, can, you can be free and like, well, Papa. <laughs> uh, what's going to happen to you, you're going to, listen, ladies, you're going to need sunglasses. <laughs> and uh, that's you, lady included, S-O-N glasses, <laughs> to see into the Father's face. Whoa. And any issue you have here on the earth, the answer can be found in the face of God. Every issue, you can find the answer. So when you're looking and gazing, this, I love this Psalm, whoa, 34. Hmm. Verse, I received this right before I went to Pakistan on this last trip. Oops, I'm looking at Job, but that doesn't help me a whole lot. <laughs> I sometimes get into chair number two when I read Job, but no, I'm just... <laughs> I know Job is the question, but Jesus is the answer. <laughs> Verse four and five, I sought the Lord. Say, I sought the Lord. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The picture here is of David, a man after God's own heart. David himself, typically speaking, in chair number one. But now because of his faithfulness, it was not because of his sin. What is actually happening is Saul is coming after him. And what Saul is doing is coming to kill him. So he hides at the enemy's camp. Saul, excuse me, David get caught while he is in the enemy's camp. And when he get caught, then they see who he is, knowing that the king has come to kill him. David acts like a madman. And they're, they're letting go of him. And he leaves that place and he ends up in a cave called Adullam. While he is in the cave of Adullam is when he writes this song. He's actually in a chair to experience. And as I'm saying, in the first part of the cave of Adullam, you can read several Psalms. He's being overwhelmed by his circumstance. And then in the middle of it, he said, I, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. So what he was doing, he was looking up even when the circumstances didn't. He was looking up into the face of God. I sought the Lord. And then the Bible says, he delivered me from, say all. All, all my fears. So all the fears suddenly that was here. When David was looking up, seeing the very face of God, something reflected that caused a ripple effect. Mass deliverance from all the fears. None of the circumstances that had changed, but David changed. And from an individual breakthrough, David ended up in chair number one. He's looking up, wow, and something happened with him. There's such a transformation and change that it says that their faces, it went from him having an encounter to their faces became radiance. So when you start to see the glow of your family in the classroom, 
When you start to see the glow in the community, in your business, when you start to see the glow around, their faces became radiance. And there was no shame to be found. And I just felt there was two areas that I wanted to help our family with today. What would it look like in your life if the enemy didn't use shame to blackmail you and to remind you who you are not? I believe it's the biggest hindrance why people don't get to see who Papa God is because some of his sons and daughters, we forget about who we are. We forget about how valuable we are. We're forgetting about looking up and seeing him and seeing us the way he sees us. And there's one thing to experiencing the perfect love of God. There's another thing when you start to love you the way Papa God loves you. I know that many of us believe in Jesus, that gets you to heaven. But in the moment that Jesus believes in you, you transform earth. Could I say that one more time? I don't think I've said it before, so I have to. I say, at the moment that you believe in Jesus, you will get to heaven. But at the moment that you know that Jesus believes in you, you get transformed. And transform people, transform people. And I do believe that what he wants to do today is what he did for me in year 2000 is just to release a fresh baptism of love. I know that many of us, we know, oh, I know I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm celebrated, I'm, we have all those. But then the enemy is just waiting in this season. He's using one primary weapon to wear us out. That's what happened to David. So you're burning up your emotional fuel. And then when you're tired, then he pushes that button of fear, brings you into chair number two. So say it with me, say fatigue. fatigue. So the enemy uses fatigue. So you're fixing this leak and that, and is this warfare, and, and constantly we're being bombarded with the news out there. And there is such a war against rest, because here in chair number one, rest becomes your weapon of warfare. Let me say that again. When you are in this place, you're wearing the enemy out by resting. Because resting is receiving. And receiving is becoming, and what you become is what you will release. You rest, receive, become, release. You rest, receive, become, release. You rest. Papa. So all the enemy is trying to do, he's waiting for your emotional tank, even doing God's work, God's way with God's power. And you can have all the devotion and prayer meetings and look at Elijah, 1 Kings 18. Confront everything. And I've been there so many times. And he's just waiting to your emotional tank is down. He pushes the button from fatigue to fear. And then from fear, failure. You fail. You should have been there. Or don't you know the word over your life? Or look at you now. And then forsaken. Then he isolates you. I'm the only one here. And the enemy then starts shame and fear. And you have a super glue here. And now you're getting so overwhelmed by what is happening in your life. And then pain seeks pleasure. You're going to look for something to fill that void. That only the Father's love can give you. But when there is love deficiency, there is also God deficiencies. Because God is love. So part of my thing is to bring people back into the rest and the resting place you find in your identity. I'm coming home as a son. 
knowing that when there is sin in my life, Papa God doesn't turn away from me. That's what I thought for years. Actually, he's turning towards me. Look at Luke 15. A God representing when Jesus described a father just like himself. But what happened with sin is I am actually the one that has turned away from his love. And when I realized that what genuine repentance is that I shift myself and turn myself back towards him. Metanoia, I shift the way I think. And it's the safest place I can come is to come home. And it's going to create freedom for you. And I just, I'm not here. If normally what I would do is, we do a whole, the book is 12 hours on this. And normally what I would do is helping people first in chair one, dealing with a chair two issue, and then showing us how we can bring transformation to chair three, to the world around us. But today I just felt that what we're going to do, what would it look like in your life if chair two was out of your life? What if this is no longer habitation and you're looking for a revival service called visitation? And then we go back into this Monday. If you live in Chernobyl 1, you will say, wow, thank God it is Monday. If you're a school teacher, wow, happy Monday. And you're going into this classroom from the Chernobyl 1 and you know that's my calling. I'm anointed son, I'm anointed daughter, have an A plus and God have entrusted me with his amazing student. Somebody see ADHD, I see creativity. I see the Daniels, the Joseph, the Esther, Nehemiah in those kids and I'm releasing them into their identity. If you're a business owner, it's different from Chernobyl 1. Let's stand to our feet. I just, uh, so my heart is, let me ask first an honest question. Is there anyone here that has ever been in Chernobyl too? Let's just, we have to stop. Is there anyone here that can recognize I, I struggle with that Chernobyl too? I, I mean, that is often that I'm there. I, I have to raise my hand lately. <laughs> That's why I have to preach to myself here. <laughs> is there anyone in this room that just says, I, I need a fresh baptism of love? Just letting the Father coming in and let his perfect love going into my root issue and any cracks in my foundation. We're going to have the ministry team coming up and we're going to have some music here. And, but just for a few moments, I know that in about four minutes you're going to go and pick up your children. But I do want, I believe I have a special grace in my life to help the sons and daughters to come home. But just feeling the Father's invitation. He misses his children. He wants you home coming back and there's different reasons why people because I think there's so many people have misrepresented God and that's one of the reasons America has not rejected God the Muslims have not they've just seen the chair number two but many of us in chair number two the reason we are ending up there is because our view of him looks differently than Jesus well Jesus came to show us how the father is like everything that he did he only did what he saw the father do so when he touched the lepers, it was because the father was touching lepers. When he healed on a Sabbath, it's because that's what the father is doing. He only did what he saw his father do. So you're going to become free. I want to invite the ministry team to come up here, and I wanted to pray. But if you are sensing, I, I, I want to receive that today. Just a fresh baptism of love. 
I want you also even just to come up front here. And the reason, it's going to be a corporate prayer. But I just wanted the reason is for people that just say, I want to take that stand and take a little step. Finding that resting place in his love. I want to come home. I'm tired of being out there on the field working for God. He doesn't need, I'm not saying we do not serve, but he doesn't need servants. He has angels that will serve him 24 hours a day. He wants a family to co-labor and do this together with. He wants sons and daughters. Whoa, they know who they are. Sons and daughters of glory that are full of his love, full of his power, and full of his wisdom. So Father, even at this very moment, I just release over my family. I thank you for the eyes of love, the eyes of love. Even as the Father is just looking at you and whoa, that's my boy, that's my girl, whoa. And just the joy on his face. He's not afraid of your messes. He actually sent Jesus to, whoa, take those messes. But he didn't just send Jesus for that purpose. He sent Jesus also so he could bring you back home to the Father, into the Father's presence. So Father, even at this moment over my family, I'm just releasing that look of Papa. That's my boy. That's my girl. Whoa. And the joy on his face. <laughs> Let that joy come back. <laughs> oh, that's my boy. That's my girl. Whoa. And the joy of the Father's face. I just release even at this moment that we're going to receive a fresh new robe today. But also we're going to receive a new ring. I just bless you right now to be you. You are my, and you're my beloved. You're my beloved son, or you're my beloved daughter, Papa says. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And I am well pleased with you. Nothing can separate you from my father's love. Come home. Whoa. Come home and receive the Father's embrace. <laughs> receive that kiss from Papa, that hug from Papa, that robe from Papa, that ring from Papa. I bless you with that. And you, Papa, can we just lift our hands for a second? It's almost like I remember my kids were young and it's like, hey, Papa, can you pick me up? And then I remember I picked up Lila and <laughs> she was a little girl at the time and put her on my shoulder. We went Disney World and Lila said, Papa, I can see now, I can see. And sometimes just a clutter down here, it's hard to see. But in a moment when he just lifts us up, takes us up, and we get to join the family and finding our place at the family table. Being together with him, dining. <laughs> in that place. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sure, Baba. Baba. Sure. Baba. Yeah, God, just bless what you're doing. So many people are receiving just like, you know, that download of getting to chair one. So we just bless that right now in Jesus' name. Put that deep in our hearts, Lord, chair one. So if you're, if you're just shifting your mindset to being chair number one, don't even listen to me right now, okay? 
Just keep receiving. And I just bless God's love over your life right now. Papa's love, the love of the Father. But I wanna take a second and recognize there might be some people in the room. Again, tune me out if you are in chair number two or one, okay? But I wanna recognize there probably, there might be some people in the room who have never become a child, who actually do, are truly, you would say, I'm in chair number three. I've never received Jesus. I've never said, I wanna become a son. I wanna become a child. Because it says that yet to all those who did receive Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. So the only way you can become a child of God is by receiving Jesus and saying, I want you in my life. I give my life to you, Jesus. So if you're in the room right now and you've never done that, you've never said, I give my whole life to Jesus. I give myself to you, Jesus. If you've never done, have you've never made that choice, I wanna invite you to make that decision right now. To say yes, fully, Jesus, I want you. I, I want you. And I'm gonna ask you to do something super bold and just raise your hand. If you've never received Jesus before, if you've never gone out of chair number three, will you just pop your hand up so that we can celebrate with you and pray for you and help you get, take your next steps? If you've never moved out of chair number three before, never made that decision, just raise your hand and just keep it up until I acknowledge you so I can see you. Cool. Well, if you, if you haven't done it yet, but you feel like, man, I'm on the journey. Like I'm not ready to raise my hand right now and do that. I mean, there's a chance everyone in the room is saved. That'd be great. But there's probably some people in here who are lost. So if you are in chair number three and you're just not ready to, to take that next step yet, it is okay. That is, that is totally okay. We love you. You are welcome here. You can be here in chair number three and, and hang out. And we love you. And we totally bless you to be here. But I'm gonna pray one more time. And then if you're down front, just keep receiving. But if you have kids after I pray right now, it'd be super helpful if you'd go get your kids. So, Father, we, we want to know you more as Papa. Just cry out, Papa. Just yell it. Papa, we want to know you as Papa. I want to know you more as Papa. I want to know you more as Papa. I want to know you more as Papa, Lord. Release that to your people right now. We, we want to be family in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep receiving. If you have kids, one of you stop receiving and go get your kids. But if you, do, if you don't have kids, just keep receiving. Stay up here and sit in this moment. There's something God's infusing into you right now. Hope to see you soon.